And welcome back to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. I'm your host here, Will the Thrill, and I wanted to wish everybody a very, very happy holidays and Merry Christmas. We had the pleasure to sit down with none other than Adam, the creator in the mind and the myth and the legend behind Junk Shop Dog, one of the new and premier online wrestling figure retailers and now creator of this amazing Sofubi pro wrestling figure line. So sit down by the fireside, grab yourself a good old stout or a cup of joe or a hot chocolate and enjoy our special holiday episode with Junk Shop Dog, where we're going to break down his new Sofubi Pro Wrestling figure line. But before we get to that, we wanted to remind you all that we have our YouTube live stream coming up on January 2nd, the new year. We're going to be ringing in the new year at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on January 2nd. It's the pit list, the 2020 pit list. So go over to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast YouTube channel hit that subscribe button. As we like to say here, get a sledgehammer and smash that subscribe button. Turn on the notifications and join us on Saturday, January 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our YouTube live stream. And if you want all the updates about the live stream and the podcast, go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SQDCircleAFP. We post a ton of information on there, so give us a follow there. And we have links to everything, our YouTube channel, our podcast episodes. So go over to Instagram and Twitter at SQDCircleAFP and give us a follow there. And finally, we just wanted to thank all of you for your tremendous support during 2020. We all understand it was a very tough year for everybody. So we hope that our comedy, the information we provided you at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast, brighten your day up a little bit. And we want to continue to do that as we move into 2021. So thank you once again from myself, Will the Thrill, and Joe Static. We want to wish you a happy holiday and a Merry Christmas and enjoy the interview. All right, and welcome back, everybody. We have a very special guest on the podcast this week. It is none other than the junk shop dog himself, junk shop dog Adam here. And he's going to be talking a little bit about his Sofubi pro wrestling figure line. It's a really exciting endeavor. I really want our listeners to be more aware of his product because personally we think it's very high quality. It's just outstanding the way it looks. Yeah, I wanted to have you on Adam. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. How you doing, man? Yeah, good, Well, Thanks for the intro. Thanks for, for having me on and having the opportunity to talk more about the line. Wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. You know, I always say this, and I've said this in the past couple episodes, some of the best work is being done by people within the collecting community. And you coming on the podcast a few episodes back, I think it was about, I don't know, about maybe 10 episodes back now, discussing Carapro your involvement with that, how you actually became a collector, and how it's evolved into this business. It's pretty great and interesting. And 
you took all that collecting and all that passion and all that drive and now you kind of rejuvenated this forgotten about lost line of wrestling figures from the early 80s so I don't know. Tell our listeners about where the passion come from and how did you make the decision to focus on this style of wrestling figure? And yeah, let's go from there, man. Sure. You could even, instead of even saying um, forgotten line, it's almost undiscovered by many collectors to this point. I mean, through figure collecting, I think you would see them pop up from time to time, but it's not something that was really on my radar when just collecting Hasbro's or Western lines, but when really starting to dig into the Japanese figure lines like the Kara Pros, they did tend to pop up in people's collections or sale lots in Japan from time to time, and they really did pique my interest, the look of them, and I mean, you look at the 10 figures, I'm not sure, you could pick 10 figures from any wrestling figure line and you'd be hard pressed to find a better 10 bunch of wrestlers in my opinion than what poppy did in their first series i kind of thought well you know it is kind of a dream to own one of these and i think after you know several years of buying and selling car pros and collecting you know different types of japanese figures i finally got my hands on one which was a mill mascaras and i mean the paint the style for people who don't know soft vinyl very well, it's very light, so it's really interesting the way that it's made, even down to the little details like the stamp on the back and the, the wrestler's name on the back of their tights. It, it lived up to all expectations when I had it in my hand. And then you go into the card art, it's so vibrant, it's so Japanese. The original line really captured my imagination from there. Like you mentioned, the original line, Poppy, is... Something that's extremely sought after now, and like you said, not many people know about it, but because it's so sought after, and because it's risen in price throughout the years, now at least people have the ability to get a similar style figure in that soft final format, and kind of start, hopefully, their own collections now. So that's really fun and unique. So for all our listeners out there, if you don't have the money to spend there on the original 11, you can start right here with the Bruiser Brody and it's fantastic. Going a little back to what you were saying about the selection, right? We had Sean and G, KWK Sean on the podcast the other week, and we actually broke down series one of the bone crunching action figures, wrestling figures by Jack Specific. And, you know, we we're looking even at that lineup and man, you had big players, right, for the time. You're talking about 96, 95, 96, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Razor Ramon, Goldust. You know, and you look even at that line just from a North American perspective, and you're like, wow. I mean, that's like a dream come true. So you go over these, this this poppy line, like you said, and you have the names of, you know, of the likes of Hogan and Andre and Mascaris and Terry. I mean, all these guys are in it. Wow. You're blown away. Well, 100%. And particularly for a a certain type of both collector and wrestling fan. I think it is almost a dream lineup. But with that in mind, you can't help but feel that after one series of 10 figures that, well, you know, there was so much more to offer. And I think that's where we feel like kind of picking up the legacy because in our eyes, Bruiser Brody fits into that timeline, that aesthetic. He's a perfect fit 
for that type of line. So why not pick it up and almost make it a... Well, we, we did make it a series two, definitely as an homage to that original poppy line. Yes, and prior to recording this podcast, we actually got into a little bit of an in-depth discussion about IP licensing and whatnot. And you had told me, because I had the question, well, why just not use the name Poppy, right? I mean, is it around? Who owns it? And tell our listeners a little bit about this, because I think it's mind-blowing when you mentioned this to me. I was like, wow. Yeah, well, Poppy was quite big in the toy market in Japan in, in the 70s and 80s. But not long after the Super Pro Wrestling series came out, uh, Poppy was actually absorbed or, or bought out by Bandai, which people would know is a real heavy hitter in the Japanese toy scene in particular, but also in the States. I think yeah, I could be wrong here, but I would say the biggest uh, toy line that I'm aware of that Bandai's involved in, in, at least from a Western point of view, would be the Power Rangers. Would that be right, Will? Yes, prior to Hasbro taking over that portion of the license and whatnot. Yes, they were a big, big player with Power Rangers. It's probably their biggest IP that they ever produced in the States. And I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. And not only that, you have their modern line, which is called Bandai SH Figure Arts. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty big import line as well because they're doing IPs like Star Wars. I believe they do Dragon Ball Z off of that line as well. I don't collect much of that stuff because it can get pretty pricey. And I mean, the Black Series for me personally, like for Hasbro Star Wars, just it fits that need. But yes, they are known for Power Rangers. Yeah, and the figure arts, geez, when we were in Japan not long ago, well, a year, a year ago now, we saw plenty of figure arts, including the uh, WWE figures as well. But yeah, so basically Poppy hasn't been its own entity for the best part of 40 years. I believe it does still fall on under the Bandai banner. Things aren't really made under the Poppy name anymore. But what we wanted to do, is, as I mentioned to you prior to recording, is an influence or a, or a pointer is very much the Mattel retros in the sense that the aesthetic, the style is very much. There's no secret that it's based on the WWF Hasbro line, but it's never directly referred to. Now, while we make no secret that our line is a continuation of the Poppy Super Pro Wrestling Series lineage, and, and we want to make it look as authentic as possible, unfortunately, there's no scope to actually put Poppy or the name Poppy on packaging um, as it is still still part of the Bandai family. Gotcha, Adam. Gotcha. Yeah. And I could only imagine the legal issues and lawyers and money that would be involved to even try to get the name or something like that. Hey, look, like you said, Mattel did it with the retros. You're doing it with this for all intensive purposes. Like you said, it's your own thing, but it's paying homage to what came in the past. So I'm all in for the Sofubi Pro Wrestling. I love it. You talked about kind of your passion for this, how this all came to fruition. We're talking about how, now obviously you can't use the Poppy name because it's owned by Bandai, which again, I, that's some great information. I did not know that. And then, so you're sitting around, you're like, okay, I got Bruiser Brody. Tell us a little bit about the selection. Now, you said that Bruiser made sense because of the time period, etc. Was it easy to get 
the rights to actually produce the figure of him? I mean, what was that process like? And then from then on, when you had the rights, what was kind of the next step? Was it all about molding and manufacturing and paint masters and card art or just walk our listeners through a little bit about that process yeah well and i think we went into um the last time we spoke i think we went into basically getting that permission and and license from mrs goodish in that she explained to me that the cara pros and and even the medicoms that are quite recent she never saw a cent out of despite than being cheeky enough to put her name on the packaging. So I think once Mrs. Goodish was confident that we were going to do the right thing by her in terms of the process, both creatively and making sure that she does get a fair shake in terms of um, royalties, that's been easy. And, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I mean that in the sense that she's so pleasant to deal with that it's not a concern. In terms of the manufacture, I think it's just a case of going back and forth with the actual manufacturer in terms of getting those mould designs perfect. And it kind of works twofold in the sense that you want it to look like Bruiser Brody, obviously, but you also want it to be authentic to the poppy line. So the first prototype we got back actually... um, it's a good-looking Bruiser Brody soft vinyl. There's nothing wrong with it, but in terms of the width of the torso and that kind of thing, it didn't quite look like a poppy. It needed some width added to the torso, particularly at the shoulders, and just to give it that real kind of almost triangle shape and accentuate those arms on the side. So we did have a second go there. And in terms of the card art, we're really lucky to have... John Lucas Reyes working with us, who's a wonderful graphic designer. Really quick, Adam, really quick. I've heard the name John Lucas Reyes, obviously, in social media platforms and whatnot. Yeah, explain a little bit to our listeners about who this person is, you know, what his background is. Because the card out is, oh my God, it's so pops and it's just such a great, great homage to the original art. And also, listeners, just a real quick thing. We support Adam, Porsche, Junk Shop Dog, Sofubi Pro Wrestling figures because of what he originally said with the whole contacting, you know, Mrs. Goodish, getting the rights to make this stuff. That's what we want to see, making sure people are compensated fairly for it, that the royalties are going to them. That's what we want to see when smaller companies like yourself have these endeavors and produce these things. So that was like number one on my checklist. You know, when you first told me about that, I was super happy. Yeah, and and look, I'll be perfectly honest. If she said no, then there's no Bruiser Brody. Simple. There's no two ways about it, and there's no interest in working against or despite the best wishes of family members or the wrestlers themselves if they're still uh, still with us and we we get a lot we get a lot of requests obviously some of them more realistic than others but yeah we're pretty firm on that if the family or the wrestler themselves are not all in on it well then we're not interested just in terms of going back to John so John's based in Melbourne in Australia I saw some of his 
artwork being used by by the major podcast guys. I mean, he's a <laughs> he's an incredibly talented dude. I mean, I've seen videos of him playing guitar and singing. The guy's photography is fantastic. But um, graphic design is is obviously his thing, particularly when it comes to wrestling. And I saw he, he did some detail backers, I guess you'd call them. So they sit at the back of your detolf and he did a whole bunch of them based on card art of Hasbro's and WCW Galoob figures. And I, that was at, at the point where we'd started designing this figure and we knew where we wanted to go with the card art. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, well, that's our guy. This is without fully being aware that he where he was based and everything. And yeah, I just dropped him a message and within a couple of minutes we were sharing ideas and anytime we give the guy a brief, he just nails it. And there's nothing better and it's almost probably the textbook definition of collaboration is when you work with someone and your expectations are always exceeded and that's what happens when we work with John and we're so happy and thankful to have him involved and he's a hell of a guy as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. I need some design work done. I may have to hit him up too. Wrestling <laughs> related, you know he's going to nail it. I like to do refreshes every year, you know, so we're going to be doing a little 2021 refresh, you know, just to clean it up, be a little different. And yeah, he may be the guy as well. Going back real quick, this is going to be a fun aspect of the conversation we're having right now. Can you tell us some of the requests you've had? Who are people actually requesting for you to make? Which wrestlers? Oh, wow. So we've had people ask for wrestlers as far back as Bulldog Brower and Mark Lewin through to wrestlers as modern as Dan Housen. I think the most common request is probably Hulk Hogan. Believe it or not, not because he's obviously the be one of, if not the most famous wrestlers of all time, but because that poppy is so out of reach for a lot of people in the sense that, geez, the going rate, even loose in the States, is getting up to if it isn't already at four figures. We get asked for that one a lot. There's obviously the dream, but there's obviously a lot of hurdles in in terms of licensing and and royalties. But never say never. We'd love to do it. And I think uh, anything that fits in with that style, with that timeline, and particularly anyone that wrestled in Japan or had fame in Japan I think is a possibility but we would love to have some figures in the future that of people that never actually got their own figure people where it is a bit of a crying shame that they were never immortalized and and if they fit in with the timeline and the aesthetic, well, that's even better. That's awesome. When you talk about timeline, now, are you going to be very strict with this? I mean, is it going to be basically early 80s, Japan wrestling, kind of that focus? Or would you, you know, you say Hogan, could you go in other directions as well? Or would you want to do that? Or do you want to stay really focused within that 80 to 85 period the beauty of it well at this point there's not really any rules and we've not said that we will do a certain timeline or we will do a certain promotion or any of that so the sky's the limit and i feel as though if we were lucky enough to continue this for some time you would limit yourself so heavily by saying oh well we can only make it 80 to 85 i don't think 
we'll be doing that. I think the only thing we would limit it to is we would like to capture them in their attire when they wrestled in Japan. I think that to us is probably the only rule that we would like to follow. That's exciting to learn as well, because I think people are definitely wondering the direction of the line. Does it have longevity? We all think about this, right? You're getting into it, especially if you're new to it. You get the first figure, you get that Brody figure in hand. I absolutely love that you're doing the variant style. I'm all in on that. I'm all about collectability and wrestling figures or any collectible in that matter. I mean, yes, do I purchase highly manufactured quote unquote collectibles as well? Yes, I do. But what really, really makes me happy is things that are collectible. So really quickly with the Brody, you do have the variant. You're calling it the chain. Is that correct? The chain variant? Oh, we just called it chain silver as in the color of the figure, just in honor of his typical entrance accessory. That is awesome. So you all can get that. And that was limited to 220 pieces, right? The production run? Yeah, so we made 220 of them, 200 sold, and obviously there's a few people that have helped us out on the way, and and Mrs. Goodish in particular, that they definitely deserve their own outside of the run. Congratulations for selling them, getting them sold out. I mean, that's going to definitely (laughs) increase the collectability. I have one coming, (laughs) Um, so I'm very happy adding that to the collection. And would you see this continuing as we move into another figure or another figures or is this kind of going to be yeah when you decide that it makes sense like in this scenario i thought it did make sense like you said it's paying homage to the accessory always carrying the chain absolutely love it it's awesome what are your thoughts on there do you think it's going to continue with the other figures in this line in terms of the variants yeah the variants yep yeah i I think so i think it's cool to have something yeah, just another reason to buy into the collection, something that can make it a little bit unique because we aren't part of a big company. We can potentially take a few risks, I guess. You know, maybe ask questions of our manufacturer in terms of, can you do this? Can you do that? In terms of deco and other bits and pieces that bigger companies may not be able to do. So yes, We do have some plans in place for future figures. So yeah, the more that gets snapped up, the more chance that you'll see more of the figures and the the more chance that those variant ideas will come to pass. Yeah, and for our listeners, just a little bit of a business perspective here. Adam, Junkshump Dog, company has been around a little bit. You do sell the Pros and whatnot, but moving into actually producing wrestling figures, you know, guys, you got to realize he's shelling out all this money, reinvesting it from his previous business, really just, like you said, taking the risk, going all in here, doing the royalty thing, which is great. He's putting all this money out to produce these Brodies. And what happens, tends to happen when you have a new product at the marketplace like that, all the proceeds from that product, obviously the royalties have to pay out, the um, expenses for the product and the production of it and the manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera, has to be paid out. And then what you kind of tend to do is you want to reinvest that into the future of additional products down the road. So guys, you got to buy this stuff because then you're going to see more of it. And with this quality and this card art and, oh man, just the whole package, the variants, I just hope to see more. Adam, we definitely hope to see more. It's an incredible line. Really quickly, and now, this was a pretty fast turnaround. I know you kind of hinted at it. 
I don't know, what was it, like in Marches? I don't, I don't know when your first hint that these were coming, but walk us through from beginning to end now, since you kind of got it down, the production process, is it going to take about a year to get these things produced? What is your timeline there? It all depends on how quickly we can get the design to a point where we're happy with it. Obviously, the first figures are a pretty big learning curve. That said, it's still not a fast process because obviously, you know, moulds need to be made, prototypes need to be approved, deco designs and colours need to go through that process as well. And then, I mean, for us, the worst thing was the six-week wait for them to arrive, particularly when Haoming in Japan had them in hand within a week. So that's probably the worst bit. It's just agonising. I just don't want to write a cheque that my um, backside can't cash in terms of giving you a hard and fast date for when we would see future figures. Because obviously there's a lot of variables there. But what I can say is the process for subsequent figures has started. That's great news, Adam. I'm excited. So before we end this, let's do a little fun uh, session here. I got some questions for you because I think these are fun. And I want to know this. If you could have any one wrestler any one wrestler to produce in this line of yours, who would it be without giving away anything to us? (laughs) So guys, if he says something, this is not a giveaway, all right? I'm just asking him who he would want in his line as a ridiculously hardcore wrestling fan and wrestling figure collector. Who would you want to see in this line? Jeepers. And the beauty of us being masters of our own domain is that what you will see in this line is pretty much every figure that we come out with is a dream figure for us. I would say, and mainly because we've made no movement in this regard, we haven't tried, but to me the dream, pardon the pun, would be a Dusty Rhodes. How awesome would that be? It's so funny. You always post photos and you always are selling the B-Rhodes, right? It brought me back to that figure and I still want one, Adam. I guess the other thing is, I say Dusty because Brody was the dream figure. We have a as big a Bruiser Brody figure collection this side of Chris Hero. We really love his work and we love the figures that were made of him. So to be able to be a part of that discussion and that collection is, it's something that we kind of need to probably step back and smell the rose a little bit and say, hey, this is, this is really cool because it is a dream figure for us Bruiser Brody. And, you know, obviously I, I can't be too bullish about giving hints about future figures because, you know, we just don't have the power to do so at the moment. But I think I can safely say that forthcoming figures, should they come to pass, well, and I'm not kidding, yeah, they are all dream figures. I'm definitely excited to hear that. I know it's the holidays here, so I, I always love to do the fantasy booking. It's just fun, right? I mean, aside from the Sufubi Pro Wrestling figure line, what are you going to have under the tree or at Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate down under? What would you want to see under the tree from this year? Any other wrestling figure line, name one figure that maybe you don't have. That's modern. Mattel, AW, even uh, Storm Collectibles. What would you like to have for your holidays? In terms of figure releases, well, we actually got a little order of American figures from the States 
early, so Christmas came early for us, and I was pretty blown away by the Walter and the, the ring carts, the WrestleMania figures, and Portia was pretty thrilled with Eo Shirai and Mae Young. And even our little guy um, doesn't realise it yet, but he's getting the Masters of the Universe and Ghostbusters John Cena because that's his favourite wrestler. But in terms of Christmas presents, my hope would be that no other great Japanese wrestlers of the past get put out by anyone because that leaves it for us. <laughs> Super 7, please do not be putting out these guys, please. <laughs> I will say the Storm Liger is fantastic in all of its variations. AEW figures are really hard to find this on this side of the world. Mattel figures, the new ones, fly off the shelves in Australia. Look, it's such a great time to be a collector, but we do feel like there is that little part of the market that hopefully will, will be ours in those great Japanese wrestlers of the past and maybe one day present that, um, you know, in that soft final form. Love it. Yes, it's one of the best times in my lifetime to be any collector, really. I mean, whether it be wrestling figures, Star Wars, Marvel, action figures in general, sports cards, Pokemon. I mean, it's just really hitting everywhere. And, you know, I hope those sold well. I hope as we move into the new year, you all, you know, you all can sell more. And we're going to do a really awesome review on the podcast, and I'm going to do a YouTube video review as well, so you can check that out. It really is deserving of one. And uh, I don't have any of the original Poppy figures, unfortunately. But as I was talking to KWK Sean about it, I mean, he even said it, it kind of got him going. You know, he's like, man, I really want to collect the former line now. So it's like to hear a hardcore collector as himself say something like that, it's really telling. So we wish you all the best and much success in this endeavor, my friend. Thank you. And hopefully, you know, we'll continue to, to talk about this and all going well. We will have some very exciting news in the not too distant future. Awesome, Adam. Just let our listeners know where they can get the Brodies, where they can follow you on all your social media platforms, etc. So, you know, again, uh, Adam is a collector. He's a good dude. Talk to him about figures. If you're looking for something rare, or something like that as far as, you know, Carapro, you can contact him as well. And he just has a wealth of information. So maybe even if you have a question about something, reach out to him because you've always been amazing at responding to me, my friend. We do our best. So the website, if you'd like to get your own Bruiser Brody, is junkshopdog.com. Instagram at junkshopdog. Twitter at junkshopdog. Junkshopdog on Facebook. Believe it or not, we've we've got a couple of big boxes of vintage coming in, so if you've been hanging off to do a little bit of bundling, let us know. If you're just interested in Japanese figures and want to know where to start or you have a question, we'll do our best. I think we talked about this last time is we keep learning uh, new things constantly about Japanese figures. So, yeah, always happy to have a chat about Japanese figures or wrestling figures or wrestling in general. So drop us a line. We're all mates. Yeah, we'll do our best to get some fun figures either from us or from Japan your way. Excellent, Adam. Excellent. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to us again. I want to thank one last time, Adam, for coming on here and talking a little bit about Reimagine Wrestling Figure Line. It's amazing. Go check them out on all the social media. And don't forget to check us out, the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SQD Circle AFP. 
can go over to your YouTube channel over there on YouTube, subscribe to it, the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. And I want to wish you, Portia, and the whole family over there, Adam, a very happy holiday. And all our listeners, a very, very happy holiday as well. Mm-hmm.